0: and more. Join us for this episode of Lifestyle Solopreneur. Hey, Lifestyle Solopreneurs. Today, we get to speak with Mark Yegi. He is the wealth architect. He's a lifelong learner, author, course creator, mentor, and a fund manager. He has traded over $14 billion worth of securities. Using his experience and expertise, he's on a mission to change the way that we all invest. Welcome to the show, Mark.
1: Thank you, Flavia. Great to be here. Excited.
0: It's so exciting to have you here. And I think, first of all, let's go with like the preliminaries because you and I can throw a word like securities around and I have a legal background so that, you know, I know what securities are and securities laws and all of that. But a lot of people may hear securities and for all they know, you're selling like ring doorbells. So tell us what securities means in your world.
1: Yeah, well, we don't ring doorbells. But securities to me just means uh, we we basically trade stocks and options and we create what we call as our tagline is we create safe, reliable income from the stock market. And most people don't know you can do that. They know you can do it in real estate, but they don't know you can do it in the stock market. So we can.
0: I think a lot of people, when they think of the stock market, they picture New York, wall street people in suits sweating yelling stuff and may you know maybe don't really or maybe it's almost like they think of it as like oh yeah i, I think my 401k might be invested in stocks it's in some fund that said target retirement 3052 or whatever that you know for a lot of people that that year that they is picked for their target date is far off others it's a little bit closer so tell us a little bit about what you do sort of day-to day what is the lifestyle of someone like you.
1: Yeah, so I actually used to be one of those guys in the suits and uh, had a Wall Street company for 10, 11 years, sold it to a Wall Street company. And so I've been in all sides of the business. But if you're asking what my life looks like today, it's markedly different. So today I get to travel the world. I think I'm at like 56 countries. I got 44 left. And I just could, I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur, just what your show is all about. And I I live off my laptop. I run three hedge funds. And I also teach people that don't qualify or don't want to uh, give up their money to somebody else. Running the hedge fund. I teach them how to do exactly what I do in the hedge fund, and that's create safe, reliable income from the stock market. So we show people how to make two to 4% a month. That's basically where we start. That's our most conservative way of doing it. And I can get really into it if you want, but that's what we do. And we want to, I have a saying, Flavia, called never give up your power in your health, your wealth, or your time. And so often, those are the three critical areas of life that we just give up our power to people that are more expert than us, right? We listen to somebody on TV, they give us a stock tip, and all of a sudden, that is the thing that we need to buy. And it's probably the wrong time to buy it if you heard it on TV. And my goal is to show people that financial education is the way out. We're not really taught much in school about financial education. And I don't know about you, but I use money every day. And I certainly don't use Shakespeare and the Pythagorean theorem, and the ancient Egyptians every day. But I feel like I learned a heck of a lot more about those things than about how to handle money. So we're trying to change that.
0: Awesome. And define for us, because I want this show to also be educational, because a lot of people, we have so many different experts, topics, yeah. people from all different you know niches. We have people who are in real estate. We have others who... I mean, I had one great guest, Elaine Haney. She designs a few uh, t-shirt designs You know, every morning. Uploads them to Amazon and makes a really just very healthy income uh, working you know an hour or two each morning, so really a lot of different things. So tell us in your world what exactly is a hedge fund?
1: Okay, so a hedge fund is really just a pool of assets. So it's generally a bunch of rich people that hang out together with their money. Uh, not together physically, but like they they pull their money together. And then one person or group of people, in my case that's me, we do the investing for them. And generally these are people that are too busy to to handle the money or they don't want to uh, they don't want to spend their time doing that. So they give it up to somebody that has a system like me. That's really all it is. It's pretty simple, but it's not for everybody because generally they call it the hedge funds are supposed to be for sophisticated investors and people that have a little bit more risk tolerance in the market. And, uh, and you know, our hedge fund does move around a bit, but we do try to create returns that are two to 4% a month. And we have been pretty, pretty darn on target uh, for doing that and actually exceeding that so hopefully that was a good enough explanation
0: it's great no and let's do a little bit of a public service announcement because I'm in the real estate world you're um, in the stock world and securities world different there's a lot of overlap we can talk a little bit maybe about where there's some overlap with REITs and things but one thing that I think would be a great public service announcement because I get this all the time especially since I'm an attorney and I work in real estate you if I could count the number of times that somebody has come up to me and said hey, I want to talk to a few friends and family and neighbors and maybe people in the PTA with me and uh, see if I can get everyone to pitch in $20,000, which isn't that much. But if I can get like 20 people to put in $20,000, we can then like buy this great apartment building and, and run it and everyone makes a great return. And this sounds awesome can you help me put this together? Mm. And it's funny because I normally then have to go into kind of a almost a tutorial on securities laws and um, a lot of the intricacies of raising funds from people that are strangers to you. And so I know that that probably comes up a lot in your world as well well with hedge funds. Some people listening to this episode might think, oh, a hedge fund. I should go put one of those together next week. So tell us a little bit about sort of the regulatory, you know, without going too far into the weeds, but just to explain to people, if you want to run a hedge fund, there's, a couple hoops you have to jump through.
1: Oh yeah, there's there's a ton of them, and I have, a, I have a Wall Street background. I've had about every license you can possibly have because I ran a brokerage firm. And first of all, just from a basic common sense perspective, you do not want to be handling other people's money. Trust me when I tell you, I have a system. And when the system doesn't work right, or you know, sometimes you lose money. It happens in the market. Gosh, I lose more sleep than if I just lost my own. So it, you, you better think long and hard if you want to handle somebody else's money. And then number two you know you can't just go out and put a shingle out and just start handling people's money you have to have all the proper disclosures but i think my documents are up to 180 pages of disclaimers and and notices and and warnings and and you know th- ways that you can lose money and you need to read through all of those risks and disclosures that we have and any hedge fund has, and anybody that's going to be you know, investing your money so that you know that there's a potential for you to get a, have a loss. So I, I really don't recommend that for anybody. There are mutual funds out there. There are ways to syndicate things. There's lots of people that do this. You don't want to be in that business.
0: So now that we've kind of clarified that, because I also didn't want to accidentally inspire someone to go and commit securities fraud, you know, because I mean, <laughs> it sounds amazing. So for the ordinary Joe or Jill, or let's pick like a gender neutral name, but for the ordinary person who's like, I want to get involved in the stock market. I know nothing about it. Where should they start? Where should they research? What's kind of like the starting square?
1: So great. And I encourage everybody to do this. And I know you do too. It's financial education. And there's so many places that you can learn. Like one of the three books that I recommend people read, a lot of people call me and have me mentor them or whatever, you know, grad students and things like that. And I'm like, look, you got to read three books before I even talk to you. One is Think and Grow Rich. The other one is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And the third one is Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. If you read that, he has a, a lot of interesting things that he weaves into the story there. But there's all kinds of free resources out there. I have lots of uh, tutorials. I have a book called Hacking Money. I have a site called hackingmoney.com. But there are just pl- tons and tons of places just to start learning. You can even go to E-Trade or Ameritrade or any of the brokerage firms and start poking around on there. They all have introductory classes on investing. And you know, just if you just start to learn and take that power you can become a better investor and at least have some more power over your money.
0: For the beginners, do you encourage them to first start investing in individual stocks or do you believe in the mutual fund sort of theory of having someone else diversify for you?
1: Well, that's an interesting question. I think back to my childhood, which is when I invested. I invested my first in my first stock. It was a single stock when I was 12 years old, and that stock doubled. And then I bought another one called U.S. Air, and it doubled. And you know, I had a couple of doubles in a row, which might have been the curse. But uh, I've been in the market ever since. And I, so, I believe that if you have ownership in an individual stock, you understand what that is. You understand what, you know, if you like Starbucks and you understand their business now, as an owner, you can walk into the Starbucks and you can take a different view of the way that business runs and the way they report their financials. And you can learn a lot about it. I don't really believe in the full world of mutual fund investing. And I'll tell you why it's because what mutual funds are like hedge funds, except they're for regular people. Right. And anybody can invest in a mutual fund and the fund manager basically goes out and diversifies like crazy. And you might have 500 different stocks in a mutual fund. Well, there are some good stocks in there. There's some bad stocks or some stocks that go out of business. And at the end of the day, you end up getting a very average return. And it's, you know, you don't have to do a lot of work, but it's, no reward either. You could get about the same performance, maybe a little bit less than the market does over time. And that's about 9.4% over the last 100 years, the stock market does. So why would you just want to wake up in the morning and go, oh, I just want to be average today? No, you want to be excellent. To be excellent, you have to really focus on anything, right? You have to focus on what you're good at. You have to focus on companies that you're enthused about, that are good companies that are doing good things and just understand them really well. So I believe you diversify among assets. So have some real estate, have some Amazon, you know, have an Amazon business of your own, have some money in the stock market, have some Bitcoin, but focus deeply inside those categories so that you can be successful within them.
0: I love that you use the D word, diversification. <laughs> I think to be because I believe in diversification, not just in investments, but also in income streams. You know, I'm I'm someone that sort of experienced what happens when you are unexpectedly taken sort of out of your everyday life and sort of just sequestered. You know, I had to be live in a hospital for a whole month. And I okay. remember during that month my uh, like a attorney income, because at the time I was pretty much a full-time attorney, and then I had real estate investments and some. I'd written some books with some royalty income, but you know, not, nothing to replace my everyday income. And when the faucet just turned off on the time trading income, the hourly billing, it was very, it was life-changing, actually. That yeah. was the whole premise of the podcast. If anyone goes back to episode number one, way back when, you'll actually hear that episode where I tell that story because it made me realize we cannot put all of our eggs in one basket. You really can't.
1: Yeah. Well, sorry, you went through that, but from that from that became the birth of some really great stuff in your life, I'll bet, right?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't regret it for a second for okay. many reasons, primarily because it was my daughter was born two months early, so that's why we had to stay with her in the hospital for ah. for a month, but she's one hundred percent great. I mean, no issues there. So it was really actually the best and the worst of times, as they say, like it was an amazing time, but also a lot of life-changing moments there. So for you, for your business, I think there's probably a lot of hedge fund managers and people who work in the stock market who don't guest on podcasts, who don't educate others, who don't um, become kind of outspoken and and helping a lot of people make that transition into... um, stock investing, but you have, what was the driving force that took you public?
1: Well, I believe you said that you said the magic word to me. I said the D word. You said the other word it's passive income, right? That's a, maybe if it's hyphenated, it's one word, but it's two words really. And I believe so much in passive income, that that's kind of what I focus everything I do on. So I have over 14 streams of passive income. The hedge funds are just a minor part of what I do, but I also focused, I have, I write books, I have a podcast. I, and then I have a course and a mastermind group around the course that teaches people to do exactly what I do. So passive income is really what drives me. So that's, that's the genesis of everything I do. And I want to teach other people how to do passive income. And you know why? And the people that are listening to this podcast, like if you don't have passive income, you should probably try to create at least one passive income stream every year. And look, in 10 years, you'll have 10 income streams that are bringing in money while you're out enjoying the world, doing whatever it is you do. And that's really the focus for me is that if you can just do that, you can make the world a better place. You can enjoy your life. You can spend more time with your loved ones. And to me, that's how you improve not only your life, but the the life of the people around you.
0: And I know a lot of people struggle with doing things for themselves. That's why there's the whole self-care movement. People are like, come on, we have to Force ourselves to treat ourselves really well and to to do good things for ourselves. So I think there's also sometimes a little bit of that with sort of the effort it takes to get the ball rolling to create something that is passive later because passive income is almost never passive from day one. That's Usually true. You have to like roll that boulder by hand for a little while until you hit the the downslope and then now it's rolling right. And for a lot of people, if you don't do it for yourself because it does take effort, a lot of this it takes research, it takes motivation, dedication, diligence. Do it for your kids. Do it for your family. Do it for that person that might need you to have passive income, because maybe somebody's going to need you to take some time off to take care of them, or somebody's going to need someone to help them pay for college. And you can be that person if you make that effort now to build an empire for yourself financially, especially if a majority or at least a good portion of it is passive so that you can take time off and have that time freedom.
1: So true. And a lot of times we just let life get in the way and all of a sudden we wake up and we're 65 years old and we're like, "Wait a minute, what happened to all the years? And now my hips hurt, my knees hurt, and I can't do the traveling that I wanted to do. I've got the money now, but maybe then it's too late." So, you know, I think I think people like you are trying to empower people in the world to show them that there are different ways and you got to do it for other people as well.
0: So tell us a little bit about how you've structured your education programs? Is it group coaching? Is it one-on-one? Do you have a lot of, I don't know, videos out there? What What is your kind of method? Because it's hard to teach technical things. I've done it. I've taught law. I've taught small wow. business. I've taught publishing and breaking down something into actionable steps that are easy to understand, easy to implement and do. It's not easy. So what's your secret sauce?
1: Well, I guess my secret sauce is being able to take something complex and make it simple. That is people have told me that that's something that I'm fairly good at. And what I do is I use lots of analogies, things that people can understand. And so the stock market can be as hard as you want it or as simple as you want it. And we try to make it really simple. What we do is we have a mastermind group. So our mastermind group is, it's a mastermind and mentorship group. We have meetings every Friday at two o'clock where we get on and we share what stocks we're, we're investing in and why. And we hold each other accountable and support each other. And that's a really important part of investing is if you're just sitting behind a computer, you start to to make emotional decisions. And you and I both know that when you make emotional decisions, they're probably not the best decisions, right? But it's better to make a little bit more logical decisions or maybe even intuitive decisions mixed with logic than just plain emotions. If you make emotion, you know, decisions from sadness or anger, those decisions generally don't serve you as well. So what we do is we teach people a set of rules. If you want to do anything, you got to do it. If you want to do anything right. You got to learn how to do it right. And so anything that's worth doing right has is, is got a system around it. And we believe a, a system has got a set of rules. And those set of rules help you to eliminate the emotions when it comes to making those decisions because money and emotion are tied together. So if we can eliminate the emotions from those money decisions, we don't make dumb decisions. There's probably one or two listeners maybe right now that are listening to this podcast going, you know what? I bought that stock when so-and-so on TV said to buy it. And that was the wrong time. It started to go down. And then as soon as I sold it, that's when it went up. And I hear that story so much. And I, I want to prevent people from making that story because that's not a system. That's like you think it's it, the problem is it's like marriage. It's really easy to get into a stock. <laughs> and it's difficult to sell. It should be the opposite way around. Like it should be very difficult to to click that mouse and make that trade. You should you should have a system around what you do when it goes up, what you do when it goes down, what your target is, what your stop loss is, those kinds of things. So we teach people that, and we do it in a format of you know I know one of your sponsors is Kajabi, and so we use Kajabi, and uh, we have over 150 modules in our courses. They're not hard to understand. They're 10 15 minutes long, and then we have quizzes and tests. And through those courses, people start to see. They're over my shoulder. They see the trades. They see the explanations of why do we do them. They see me yelling at them like, don't do this, please don't make this mistake, even though they probably will. And that's how we put it all together. And so we have three courses we have an ecosystem which gets mentorship from me. We have a, a group that uh, that is on, you know, like-minded individuals are all on the same journey. And then we have those calls on Friday. And then I even have something called the private access group where I actually tell you the same things that I'm buying in the hedge fund so that if you were to want to learn from those things or even mimic them, you could do that as well. Does that make sense?
0: makes perfect sense. And I know you probably have a lot of sort of favorite students and case studies and and stories but share with us maybe one or two of of what, you know, ones that come to mind. They don't have to be obviously your very favorite. I want, I don't want to make you pick favorites right now and have any of your students say, "Wait, why didn't he pick my story? My story's great." So just a couple that come to mind of people that let's focus on maybe a couple stories of people that were not already involved in stocks at all when they came to you.
1: Yeah, uh great. So I I have so I I basically fall in love with the people that are in my program, they become family to me. So I could tell you a, a story about every single one of them because they're all really inspiring. I'll just pick one for now. And that's uh, a guy named Larry. Larry's is a, uh, a physician out in, uh, in your neck of the woods out in California. And a lot of doctors, and I didn't know this, a lot of physicians, they like being a physician from the fact that they're helping people, but they don't like the politics. And so it's the politics that makes them want to, want to retire and get out of that and, and, and not have to deal with the politics. So uh, Larry's been in the program now going on a couple of years. But when he started, he had very, very little experience. He was doing lots of real estate investing and other kinds of investing, but very little experience in stocks and options. And he has basically made a pledge to us in the group that he's going to quit his job this year. Now he's in his late forties and that's a pretty early time after all that education to quit your job. But he is so jaded about the, the nine to five. And he's so excited about what he can do with his money when he focuses on it through our program that he has made that pledge. I'm going to retire by the end of the year and I'm, I'm hoping we hold him to it and hope he can do it. And we have several other stories of people that are doing that. We have a a pharmacist that um, she quit her job last year to, to focus on her, uh, her her horse business. She teaches kids how to ride horses. And so she gets to spend her time doing that love. And she doesn't have to deal with the day-to-day political environment of uh, pharmacy. I can tell you stories and stories of people that do that. And then I have one last story I will tell you. Just a quick thing is that one of my first students was a person that I met in Florida and she was going to somebody else's training. And she was just overwhelmed with the amount of options that they gave in that training. And she she met me in the hot tub and she's like, I just don't know which." one to do. And I said, well, that's because they're teaching you 32 different ways to do it. And you only need one. And uh, she's been in the program she's up to more than seven figures now she's retired and she just lives off the income that she makes in the cash flow machine which is the name of my program so that's why i do this i do this because i i get to help people transform their lives and and go in a different direction than if they just had to work that 9 to 5
0: that's amazing and for you to say that she's living off the income so a lot of people are under the sort of mistaken impression that stocks are all about you buy something you just hold it and you hope that later you can sell it for more, but maybe just touch on like dividend stocks and, and other techniques where a stock portfolio can actually give you monthly or annual or quarterly income.
1: Yeah, there's there's lots of ways to make money in the market and the, my least favorite way is the capital gains way where you just buy something, sit on it for 20 years and hope that it goes up. And that's what so many people do. It's passive investing. They sit back and they you know, they wait for that capital gain. Sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But there are ways to make money off of dividends, but Unfortunately, dividends are you know three, four percent on average in the market. You can buy real estate investment trusts, you know REITs they're called. and you can make money because REITs are by law required to pay out a certain amount of money income from the income that they create. But that's usually not very high either. That's you know four, five, six percent depending on the amount of risk that you take. And then what we do is we have a technique. It's basically like you know if you're familiar with owning a house and renting it to somebody, it's the same thing. We own a stock and we rent the option to buy the stock from us from that person who wants to take that risk. And so we it's a concept that we call renting stocks. And it's around the cornerstone of finding the right stock in the right market, at the right spot on the chart. All of those three things increase the probabilities that we're going to be correct not that we know we're going to be correct. We're just trying to increase the probabilities. And then what we do is we do something called collecting the rent or squeezing the juice, we call it internally. And every week or every month, we squeeze the juice out of, out of that income. And it works out to be about 2 to 4% a month on the most conservative side of what we do. And so a lot of people, what they do is they create this program so that they can set up a lifetime of income from the stocks that they own. And we show them how to do that.
0: Well, for anybody that heard all of that and either is nodding their head going, I get it, I love it, I want that, or they're shaking their head saying, I need that told to me again, but slower and with illustrations that I can look at and watch, because um, some people are visual learners, right? Even people yeah. who love podcasts. I love podcasts, but I'm actually a visual learner. Where do they go to connect with you to learn more about your programs and to follow you?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, and let's get the word out uh, about how people can get financial freedom. I know that's part of what your mission is, but I've set up a page for the listeners of this podcast and it's a uh, go dot destinycreation dot com so it's go dot destinycreation dot com forward slash Flavia F L A V I A so yeah so they'll be able to go there we'll have um, you know, links to the podcast. We'll have also a book called Regular Paychecks. It's an ebook that they can kind of very simply read. It's about, I think it's 19 or 20 pages, get an idea, and then they can poke around. And we have little animations that kind of show them how people make money. And, and we try to make it as simple and accessible to people as possible because I believe that we can change the world if people start to take power over their money into their own hands.
0: Well, I love it because in a way you're testing my audience on their knowledge of how to spell my first name. Because again, podcast, are very, it's an audio type of format. So a lot of people <laughs> maybe hear my name all the time, don't know how to spell it. So yeah. go ahead, everybody, and go to go.destinycreation.com forward slash Flavia. And Flavia is spelled F L A. V-I-A. And uh, that's great, Mark. That's very generous of you. We appreciate not only your time and expertise, but also that you are out there teaching others how to do something that can mean so much for their life, for their families, for their legacy. So thank you for all that you do.
1: Thank you so much for all that you do. It's been a pleasure.